Welcome to the Community Colleges Australia podcast. I'm Ryan Pemberton. This is the fourth episode in our eight-part series on board governance and executive leadership. This one is a bit of a masterclass in strategic planning. I'm joined by Adam Siegel, CEO of Visage Growth Partners, a firm that helps CEOs grow their businesses. Adam will take us through how to craft a great strategic plan, one that will guide your organization towards achieving ambitious goals and help you get there with practical milestones. Then we'll hear from David Mackay, CEO of Tuggera Lakes Community College, about what the strategic plan does for his organization. But first, here's Adam Siegel. What would you say a good strategic plan looks like? What should it include? A good strategic plan definitely has three components, the core, strategic thinking, and execution planning. So the core would deal with things such as our core values, core purpose, our reason for being, our core competencies, and our core customer. That's the DNA of our organisation. That's really understanding who we are first and foremost before we project out to do anything. That second component around strategic planning and strategic thinking really thinks out 12 months or more uh, into the future of the organisation. And we start with something that's called a BHAG. The BHAG, spelled B-H-A-G, is a concept from Jim Collins' book, Built to Last. It stands for Big, Hairy, Audacious Goal. So it's a really long-term goal that's seemingly unattainable. In fact, if you some of my clients' BHAGs, if I repeated them to you, you'd think they were absolutely crazy. But that's the point of it. It's to be pretty crazy. And it orients our organisation to greatness, potentially. Then we have what's called a three hag, which is a three-year highly achievable goal. So that's something that we can touch. It's a bit like climbing Everest. If that was your BHAG, we'd want to climb to the base camp at least to know that we're on the way. So that's something we can touch and feel three years out approximately. Um, And then we have a 12-month out sort of projection. And we try to have in in the next 12 months, what are the five things that we must have in place in our organisation to orient us positively towards our three hag and ultimately our BHAG. We have a number of metrics in our plan as well that at that annual basis, as well as a three-year level. The third component is the execution planning phase. And that's the next 90 days. That's where the organisation puts its head down, bum up, and it just focuses on delivery because having a great strategic plan is one thing but it's useless unless you execute. So the next 90 days are really, really pivotal. So that plan, that strategic plan, must incorporate the next 90 days, what are the metrics for our organisation to deliver or the KPIs to deliver against, and what are the maximum five things we must have in place um, in the next 90 days to focus on for our organisation. And and you ask me what's a great strategic plan. In the end, ultimately, all that stuff needs to be captured on one page because there's no point having a strategic plan that lives in the bottom drawer of someone's desk. We want this to live and breathe and see the light of day every day. And the reason why we do that is because we want it to be visible to everybody and used by everybody. And if it's not used, it means you don't execute. So again, I've been part of organizations when I in my corporate career where we had strategic plans, but it was never referred to ever again. So invariably, you're not delivering against it. So we've got the three-year highly achievable goal, then the next 12 months, and then the next 90 days. 
Why is it important to break things down into these multiple timeframes? The reason why we do that is because what we want to do is maintain alignment. And the alignment is to make sure that what we're doing today, right, and this week and this month and this quarter, right, is aligned with where we want to take the organisation in the very long term. So if you imagine those, all those timeframes lined up, we want to make sure our focus and our energy and all our resources that we have, and let's face it, every organisation is constrained with resources in some capacity, whether it's for-profit, not-for-profit, every organisation is constrained. So we want to make sure that we're effectively all rowing in the same direction. So that's fundamentally why it's, you know, that old adage, how do you eat an elephant, right? It's, you know, it's bit by bit. So every organisation that I have has some exceptionally lofty targets. It's totally overwhelming. So we need to therefore create things today and next week, next month, next quarter that line up for the long-term objective. There are some people who just thrive with really long-term targets, but they're pretty few and far between. Most people kind of sit in that execution phase, right, where they just, I'm a doer, right? I just like to get things done today, this week. So again, it helps It helps those people understand that this is what's required of me today, this week, this month, knowing that there's a grander scheme. They may not understand it exactly, but they know there's a, a grander scheme that they're working towards. That excites them. If the strategic plan is actually going to drive your organization's direction, it needs to be at the front of mind for the whole organization. So how do you ensure that the strategic plan is something that everyone understands and feels a sense of ownership over? If it was created by the CEO by themselves, there's no engagement and no buy-in. And ultimately, we want the executive team and or other people across the organization to understand the strategic plan and the strategic goals. And, and even have input into that. So they have buy-in and engagement and then they, they feel more empowered and more, I guess they own it, to deliver. We want the concepts within the strategic plan to be simple, like easily understood. So, for example, one of the things that, that we have in, in our strategic plans my clients do is like a one-phrase strategy. You know, IKEA, as an example, their strategic plan is flat-pack furniture. Like that's what it's all about. Three words. Yeah, Southwest Airlines, a really famous case study organization over the United States who have been a thriving organization. They're all about wheels up. That's their plan, which means make sure they get their planes in the air as often as possible. And they're a great case study. Their their whole strategy is about fun, lots of flights and low fare. So they're very successful. So, yeah, I'm going to get another example of a client who's moving from project management to product commercialization. So their one phrase strategy for the next year is project through people to product. Very, very simple and easily understood. So the more simple and easy to remember the concepts are, the more likely you are to actually get an outcome within your strategy. What about in developing the strategic plan? Who should be involved in that process? So in in developing a strategic plan, you ideally want to engage your leadership team um, in doing that. So before your strategic planning, you ideally want to understand who your market is. So in your case, it's who the community is, the specific community members that that we want to serve as an organisation. We want to understand some of the economic, the things outside our organisation, the economic conditions and the government subsidies and incentives that are provided. We want to have a really good understanding of that by all our people because 
We want to understand where we're at right now, and that involves looking at information. So you could engage people across your organisation to provide the research around that information. So that's pre-kickoff. I, I like to spend two days with my clients to build that strategic plan on a page. And ideally, we have a leadership team involved in that. And then there are, there are many occasions where I've, where I've worked with the CEO to sort of take it a bit deeper into the organisation. So you might have kind of some of the up-and-coming managers or leaders of the organisation to participate as well. And that provides, again, great ownership. It's involvement in the actual planning. They get to understand the language and the lingo and the terminology and why is it that we got that strategic plan or the elements of the strategic plan? We understood it because we know where we are now and where we could get to and what the implications are. So they're involved in, in kind of the whole evolution of it. And it just makes it far more powerful for, for buying ongoing. What would be some of the benefits of having someone external to the organization, someone like yourself, involved in the strategic planning process? It's, it's a great question. And I can only share with you what my clients say to me once we've had the strategic planning session that I facilitate. And that is they just feel liberated. <laughs> they feel as though they've been able to participate They've had the pressure off them to try, rather than trying to organise and coordinate and facilitate. They've been a really active member of the leadership team. Having said that, um, and I use this in the most endearing way, I do muzzle the CEOs that I work with because they can become too dominant in the strategic planning process. So that is another, another benefit of having someone like me there is I draw out the voices and the thinking from everybody in the room because we don't want it to be one person's thought process. We want to get the collective view from across the organisation. It's it's quite staggering that you have people who, for whatever reason, have, have not had a voice, either because that's, that's their own thing or a dominant leader. So having someone like me should help get more perspectives and broader perspectives out across, across that group. The other thing is that's what I do. I live and breathe this thing. So, and, and you know, I'm not on my own. There are plenty of people that do this. We we understand the way strategy works. We understand what's required to to hone it and shape it. Where we can challenge the leaders about the current thinking and push a few paradigms because often businesses get stuck in a, a way of doing things. And if you have a bit of external perspective, it's good to challenge it, challenge that thinking, and, and invariably you get some different. Some, some different outcomes. That was Adam Siegel, CEO of Visage Growth Partners. Now, here's David Mackay, CEO of Tuggera Community College. What would you say is the importance of having a strategic plan, particularly for a community college? Like, what does the strategic plan do for your organization? Well, I think the strategic plan gives us direction, it provides us goals and it's, it's used to guide decisions rather than having these things assumed or misinterpreted and it's also allows staff to see where their role fits with the organization i guess and without that there's no agreed vision there's no clear path forward so for us it, it, that's where it um, it provides direction without those objectives we may not have focused on them we may not have had, even had a sense of achievement because we hadn't decided because we didn't have anything planned so in that sense 
uh, we find the success is in achieving what we've said we'd, we'd set out to do. If you could change anything about your strategic planning process, what would it be? I think it would be strengthening environmental scanning and even thinking more about or further about what the, the sector would look like in five to ten years and what sort of trends are happening that might affect or change or shape what we do. And we've only got to look back the last five or ten years to see a lot, of, a lot has changed. So it's about trying to think even more about what the future might, might hold and what we might need to do to adjust to it. And I think also in building a strategic plan, I think it's we limit our strategic outcomes or objectives to a smaller number. We've currently got six, but if we can condense that into three, it, even, it creates more focus and clarity for us in terms of what we do. The strategic plan sets the course of the organization. It defines what success looks like, and it gives you clear outcomes by which to measure that success. As Adam Siegel said, it's crucial that the strategic plan is understood by the whole organization, which requires clear and frequent communication. I, I honestly believe that you can never repeat it too much. In fact, if you think you've said it enough, like if you've sent the messages enough, they just double, double that again because it's, it's never too much. And it's important to remember that a strategic plan is only effective if it's executed properly. Having strategy without execution is meaningless. It just, it just doesn't work. I'd rather have a, a strategic plan that's probably 20% good, that's executed unbelievably. You get better outcomes than an 80% strategy that's not executed at all. You've been listening to season three of the Community Colleges Australia Governance and Leadership podcast series, produced by Audiocraft, with funding support from the New South Wales government. Next episode, having tough conversations. If I had left that hanging for weeks, that problem would have multiplied because that situation could have happened again and it becomes a nightmare. So if I've let it go for so long, it must be okay. What's the problem? That's in the next episode of the CCA Governance Podcast Series. You can find all our episodes at cca.edu.au.